0: And into the Pesky Pole, that's going to get down the
1: line. That one looks like it'll stay fair. goodbye, home run. The Pesky Pole. Two two. a five ball deep down the right field line, slicing by the Pesky Pole, and that ball hits the Pesky Pole. Which means it's going to home run. Three two. High flight on the right field line, slicing toward the Pesky Pole into the corner, and that ball is gone. A green can toward the pesky pole is he going to tuck it inside indeed he does that is
2: gone welcome to another episode of the pesky podcast i'm your host the Red. with me is the og our head writer mr george sutherland george what's going on man how you doing
1: i'm doing great doing great uh I had a chance to watch a little bit of playoff baseball yesterday. It was uh it was entertaining. And uh I think somebody wants somebody's comment on the fact that the Phillies are on the the revenge tour and it looks like it. So uh you know looks uh post-season baseball is in play, and hey, we're not in it, but I can sure enjoy it.
2: Yeah, uh postseason is done, but the guy we have on his job is not done. This man is a stage manager for Nesson. He's the guy that helps, you know, set everything up, make sure everything runs smoothly for the what we listen to, when we listen to Sox games and much more. Let's bring him straight in here, Ryan Anderson.
0: What's going on, guys? Thank you for having me on. That was quite the introduction.
2: Hey, hey, if it wasn't for you, we would not be able to securely listen to some of the great play-by-play uh, that we listen to on MLB, you know, Nesson, all that. Yeah. So thank you for coming on and giving us some time of yours. Uh, everybody, we get players on, you know, we, we, we get, you know, other people on. You're the first stage manager.
0: Yeah. I figured I, I probably would be as far as, you know, anybody representing the broadcasting team, uh, at least from, we'll say, um, you know, kind of the control room side of things, not the talent side of things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's definitely, uh, probably a first for you guys and a first for many, but there's a lot of things that I've been, ai wouldn't say a part of, but just being around the guys in the booth, uh, at Fenway throughout the, Uh, the past five or six years, you know, a lot of stories that I can share. So glad to be glad to be joining the conversation and kind of add in add into anything that I can.
2: Yeah. uh, We're in talks right now for, to bring on uh, Riley pay for, from Portland Yeah, and you know, that, that right there, the, the one, two combination of her and Emma, you know, the first, I'm, they were the first uh, female broadcast team, right?
0: Right. I believe so. Yeah, at the uh, and it done so at the at the minor league level, they've been yeah. they've been really phenomenal. A lot of fun to listen to.
1: Yeah. Uh, they are great. Uh, I, I live uh, south of Portland, and uh, I pick up the Sea Dogs broadcast, and they do a terrific job.
0: Yep. No, they get a lot of kudos from the guys, you know, at Fenway. Um, OB, TC, uh, Jamai, things like that. So it's definitely good to see them doing their thing, um, and getting out there as well.
2: So, Ryan, how does somebody get a job like what you have? You know, I've got to, I've got to wonder myself because, you know, what you get to do, who you get to hang out with, what you get to set up is very, very special.
0: Yeah. So, to take you guys back a little bit, I'm originally from Fort Myers, Florida. I went to Florida Gulf Coast, which I'm sure you guys both know of. You know, two of the starters in the rotation both are a part of the alma mater there, Chris Sale and Cutter Crawford. So, uh, being a part of that from that area, that's how I was able to get the opportunity with Nesson. I actually worked closely with the baseball communications director there, kind of just helping him out in his office. And one day he had turned to me. Uh, he was like, Hey, I've got this opportunity with the Red Sox. And I had grown up a Red Sox fan. My dad's originally from Boston. I, I was born in, um, I was raised in Florida, I should say. Um, but, but I was, you know, pretty much ever since I could pick a side, I, I was a Red Sox fan first, and then I became a new England sports fan rest, uh, the rest. Um, so as soon as he turned to me and was like, Hey, I have this opportunity, with the Red Sox, you know, I wanted to work in sports. I didn't necessarily know exactly what I wanted to do, where I wanted to go. um, you know it could have been picking up peanuts in the ballpark or doing absolutely anything like i was i was like yes you know i'm there i'll do it he was like oh it's this position called stage manager and he didn't even know what it would entail he was like yeah just show up you know you're gonna work with like the director the producer you know more or less the the real muscle that kind of uh, coordinates it and gets it onto the television um, so I show up at, at JetBlue South and Fort Myers and, you know, I basically, long story short, I end up walking into the broadcast booth and I'm slowly learning like, oh, okay, they're going to have me do X, Y, and Z and obviously sit next to OB. And at the time it was Remy and Eck was down there. And, uh, I think Steve Lyons did a few games in spring training way back in the day. So I quickly was you know, as a, as grown up Red Sox fan, just like enamored with the opportunity, just with the ability to be, like you said, that, that close to the guys um, really just sit there like a fly on the wall, chop it up with them, talk baseball, you know, um, and I'm not someone who played collegiately or, or even at the high school level, you know, to be honest with you, I've just been a fan my entire life. So it is, uh, it, it is beyond, uh, you know, unimaginable. Uh, and, and, you know, I try not to take it for granted and things like that, but, that's really how I got into it um, back in, I would say, 2017. And ever since then, I really just tried to, I knew once I worked my first few games, I was like, yeah, I'm I'm not, they're going to have to drag me out of this booth. Like, I'm not going to, leave. And <laughs> you know, I'm going to try and do this as much as I possibly can, as, you know, many times as they'll give me the opportunity to do so. Um, you know, specifically, just to touch on, like, what it actually is um a stage manager really what i do is facilitate all 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 the advertisements mainly that you see throughout the game so to whether it's nowadays we're looking at you can ob obviously uh, Lou is in there, um, you know, Will is in there and things like that. But just making sure they have the proper ad that they're reading throughout the game. Obviously, OB is, you know, or whoever's Mike Monaco, whoever's really calling the game is going to go through 60 different ads that you'll see throughout the game. So it's it's kind of funny and interesting as growing up watching sports, you know, you don't really realize all the things that go into just putting the score on the screen or, or you know, moving something around on the screen. It really takes... 20 different people, you know, putting it together and putting it on the air. I'm physically the person who sits up there with them, you know, like you said, kind of make sure they're good to go, gets them whatever they need. Uh, but I would say, you know, a majority of my duties detail the advertisements and just making sure they're, 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 you know, kind of facilitated properly. But, you know, it's hard not to say it's, yeah, especially at Fenway, you get to sit up there and um, on some games with it, when it's a two man booth, I get to sit up there, you know, right, right above home plate, and I like to say, you know, I kind of see balls and strikes better than anybody, and it's 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 really incredible uh, just to sit up there. And you know, I really don't try and take any 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 game for granted, and you know, I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit as we discuss. But uh, yeah, it's it's definitely a lot of fun
2: um, and and a great
0: opportunity that I've been able to kind of continue
2: on. Uh, you mentioned you started there in 2017. Something magical happened. I don't know if you knew in 2018, but something magical kind of happened uh, up there in Boston in 2018. Yeah. What was the, the atmosphere like up there as you're seeing this progress from uh, the first game of the season when we lose? Everybody's uh, trying to out AC to the run that we went, you know, 108.
0: It is it is pretty interesting. And I will say I wasn't up here full time until the 2018 season. So what I in 2017, I got to see them in spring training going into that transition. But I'll say the biggest thing that happens with the crew when it goes into like for instance when they went on that run, they win all those games, they go into the postseason, you know, one of the best best Red Sox teams ever the biggest thing that I got coming back and seeing them the next year. And then 2018 is when I actually relocated and moved from Fort Myers up to Boston. Um, And I got to ask them about like how last year was, how the run was. And the first thing OB said to me was, you know, they don't get to do, obviously you guys know this, you know, living up here. Nesson isn't, you know, doesn't have all the rights to the broadcast when the playoffs are rolling. So it's essentially like having their arm cut off. And that team specifically, you know, he couldn't describe it any better It's just being like, you know, to go that whole year with the team on the run, you know, you're through the ups and downs. And then the year prior, obviously, like you were noting the things with Cora, um, it was just uh, it was pretty wild. So it's always even in 2021, like the same kind of thing happened. We go to the playoffs. There was a lot of magic in the air. At one point we're looking at, are we about to win a World Series? So it it, from the standpoint of you know the broadcast not being able to stay with the team it's always you know kind of a heartbreaker and that was the first thing that was kind of iterated to me stepping into the 2018 season um you know kind of a more of a full-time role um but yeah it was uh it was definitely a little special george
1: no so when you started in 2018 um you know, you're, you're doing it a little bit more on a full-time basis. Uh, you know d- describe you know like your your well even back in 17 but you know, when you were first doing it like on a, on a live game and not at Fenway South yeah know, just like I'm sure the butterflies were going off you know and on steroids they, and, you know,
0: they they were you're exactly right, George and it's like as soon as I got up here and was actually able to step in the booth at Fenway you know, with especially like the first thing I think of is just thinking back to Jerry. And now I got to work with Jerry in Fort Myers, um, a little bit as well, but you know, it's just, it's just crazy to be able to share the the booth with those guys in that environment. So now, you know, obviously I'm, I'm very comfortable up there. It's a lot different than when I first walked in, but I mean, as far as the butterflies, it was something, you know, to a similar feeling to where I first got the job. Like I'm never, (laughs) they're going to have to pull me out of this booth. Like I'm going to be 60 years old up here doing this before they're like, you know, can you please move on, sir? So um, yeah, it's, uh, there was a lot of that I think. Um, But there still is like, even to this day, Uh, you know, folks obviously change. Um, We've got new guys coming in and you make new relationships with kind of the new players and things like that. And, but more so like, obviously the talent and, uh, guys that are calling the games that are up in the booth i have the you know kind of the more so the most relationship with uh, you know just being so that i work with them so closely uh, on a majority of the home games but um yeah it was it was definitely really special but uh, i will say like the biggest thing is uh it never stops getting special you know it's continuously it's just every single game obviously the end of this year is a little bittersweet you know it's like we're up there, we're doing games. It's raining every day. Uh, You're sitting through delays. The team's not any good. And, you know, a lot of the, you know, we're kind of like, ah, you know, can the season end? And then the season ends and you you start missing it a lot. So, um, you know, it's definitely a lot of feelings, but yeah, as far as just getting up there, you know, I think back to just like, Jerry, um, obviously being up there, um, being down on the field for uh, Mookie's Gold Glove. There was a few Silver Sluggers in there with JD. That was a moment I'll never forget, you know, kind of just looking around like, dude, what am I doing? Where am I at? Um, you know, sort of thing. Um, and, and But again, I still think that honestly every single day and try and take advantage of it. But um, it was definitely heightened because I was a little bit younger, definitely you know i I had traditionally grown up in in fort myers um i was you know i had visited boston my dad was originally from boston so my brother lived up here you know i had roots up here but it was all so surreal and fenway was so surreal so getting to be up there let alone just being at fenway was like you know eyes wide open so um yeah it's really special but you know it's always very special even to this day
2: uh, you, you brought up, uh, you know, Remy, you brought up Eck. Uh, I kind of want to br- bring up uh, Wakefield also, you know, uh, his passing this past week was, you know, th- th- that wa- that didn't just hurt, you know, the fans, it didn't it just hurt, you know, the Red Sox. That hurt the whole city of Boston because uh, Wakefield did so much that we we never seen for the city of Boston, for, you know, the children's hospitals, you know, for, uh, you know, anybody really, you know, Uh, when I'm sitting there, I I read stories all the time. Uh, George just wrote an amazing book. Uh, I'm not sure if he put it out there yet. I got a privilege to read it uh, early. But uh, just everything I heard was when Wake put on that uniform, that Red Sox uniform, number 49 it was pure class yeah wearing that uh you know what are your thoughts uh you have any uh, memories of interactions with uh with him and uh you know just what did he mean to that you've seen to not only the organization but the city of boston
0: yeah no i definitely have i mean first off it's just It's one of the most tragic, more tragic, kind of sudden things. Definitely still like you guys, I'm sure, you know, grieving with it. Um, It's one of those things that I feel like everyone, you know, everyone's always together when things like this happen. But just weight being who he was, where he was in his life, it's extra tragic. It just it, it was just, you know, it's it's unbearable. So. It's been pretty tough. Um, I was very blessed to just be around wake, you know, um, I would say, you know, a a good amount of times throughout this past year, you know, just got just working with him back in July through the, uh, through the, um, athletic series. So he was exactly how everyone has been depicting him throughout this entire past few days. Um, you know, I think when I, when I hear everybody talk about him and when I watch him as a kid, you know, growing up, I think of my dad, I think of my brother, you know, just because he was always out there on the mound. And I, you know, people reaching out saying like, sorry for your loss. And cause you know, I worked with him, whatever. It's like, obviously this has been reiterated, but it, you know, it's just not, it's sorry for everyone's loss. And it's, it's, um, it's just been insanely, insanely tragic, but um, you know, I have friends reach out to me in, in from the Boston area So you know, one of the I just have so many memories going to the ballpark with their fathers watching Wake pitch He mm-hmm. you know, was just always out there, always out there. You know, the most Red Sox starts all the stats and everything, you know, that's been going around recirculating. Um, you've seen it all that, that it's 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 insane. He is that person. He always was that person in the booth. Um, he was great, though. I mean, he always came in this year. You know, looking good, looking great. You know, discussing golf. I think I really went a little bit further in his book. Uh, look, he started looking at me a little bit differently when I started name dropping a few courses down in the Fort Myers and the Naples area because he's just such a big golf guy. You know, he was always into that. Um, but just a classic guy. You know, I couldn't reiterate more. Everything you've heard about him this, you know, over, over his entire career since the Red Sox nation has embraced him is so true. I mean, he, the Red Sox foundation, the folks that he knew over there, um, Rebecca Solwasser, um, their director uh, for, so to speak, that kind of runs that organization. He was such a big proponent of hers. You know, whenever we did the, the ceremonies down on the field throughout the game, you know, uh, the, um, not necessarily the uh, Jimmy Fun Telethon games, but there was times throughout the year where he's just such a champion for that and such a philanthropist for the city. Um, he's done so much, and he it's just uh, it's just crazy. So I think it'll be a long time before everybody is able to grieve it. and uh, and um, to be honest, like I wasn't the last home game at Fenway happen. Um, you know, I said goodbyes to everybody that was there, um, Ob and Yuke, and then um, uh, Lou a little bit who was there the last few series, and then obviously the terrible news came out um, right as they took off and headed for uh, Baltimore. So I haven't seen anybody from Nessun personally. Um, you know, I've obviously reached out and been in communication with a, a good uh, you know few different folks. Uh, and things like that. But um, to just have, like, the timing, how it all happened and the season ending and the way it all happened, you know, we won't
2: – I don't really want
0: to, you know, get into to, to all that about uh, those last, like, kind of few days. But, um, yeah, it's it's just all so surreal. And then Sunday when the news broke, it was just, you know, still just shock. It's still just, you know, numb, you know. And I think you saw that in, like, a lot of the players and a lot of the sentiment that have been reiterated from TC and from Nesson people, Red Sox folks, you name it, fans, everybody, you know what I mean? But um, my experiences with him were exactly like you would think and you've heard, just super nice, like probably the most approachable guy when it comes to like former pro- player um, and just like where his stature was, who he was. I think when I first met him down in Fort Myers, you know, young younger kid, I'll say, uh, I was like, shook his hand, hey, Mr. Wakefield, like completely tried to be as formal as possible he was like do not please don't call me mr whitefield call me tim uh i never called him tim i called him wake ever you know obviously after that um yeah since then but he was just you know very about his business came in was always ready to go um but was very loose and like you know very just um arms wide open kind of guy very very warm um so yeah very tragic
2: yeah uh george you wrote a great article i'd love to sit there and have you uh touch base on uh on what you wrote because you know i think that you know we need to talk you know some people you know get over uh things and deal with things differently i like to get things and talk about you know positive stuff that they did and you know But if we went and stayed and talked about every positive thing that Wake did, I would be on this podcast probably until next (laughs) opening day, you know what I mean? Because he has just went above and beyond any time he could. But, uh, George, I'd love to sit there and hear some of your uh, article.
1: Yeah, I mean, the the real basis behind it was all the things you said, Ryan, about him being a really good guy. there was the player we knew on the field, you know, he and, and I think in the opening paragraph, I said something about the man who experienced incredible highs in his career and then equally humbling lows. When you think about how he must have felt at the end of the two, 2003, when he gave up the walk off to Boone. right? I, I cannot, as a, you know, I cannot imagine what that feels like as a professional ball player. Okay. Yet he comes out, Frank gives him the, you know, gives him the start the next year. He he gives up his spot so that you know they don't have to blow through the bullpen and they come back with a miracle comeback. All those things are great. You know he gets mentioned. You know you know most game, you know most games pitched wins innings pitched. You know and he's talked about it with the, the likes of Mark Pedro Martinez, Roger Clemens, and Cy Young. That's that's some pretty heady stuff right there.
0: Yes.
1: But and I'm sure he felt great about all of that. But I think he was more in his element when he could be Tim Wakefield, the person. And, you know, he the, the, the I started hearing, like he'd been, I think he'd been around for like four or five years, and I started hearing stories about, the you know, he very quietly would go over to the children's hospital and talk to the kids and made, made a lot of friends over there because of the way he did it. He didn't do it for photo op. He did it because he cared. And those yep. things are really important. And, you know, there are too many stories about professional athletes that don't do stuff like that, or they do it for the wrong reason, you know, that, Hey, look, look, see, I'm not great. I'm doing all this stuff. He was never like that. And he did it hundreds of times, stuff, and countless kids. And there are countless young people out there today that got a chance to meet him and are probably more devastated by it than we are because he was a professional athlete that took time to really care about them. Not, not as somebody they could sit with, but as, you know, just a, a person and have a big league ball player on that corner. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that, that really set him apart. I think that's the thing that probably endeared him as the more stories came out to the to the public. But he was such a quiet, per, you know, per, his personal life in respect to keeping that aside. I think the whole, and I think what transpired at the end was really sad. And um, I, at the end of my Piece, I kind of took that to heart, and yeah. I'm not going to rehash it here. But it, it's basically saying that um, it's what happened to him at the end is something he didn't deserve or need.
0: oh 100 percent.
1: Respect to how that all came out. Yeah. And um, Boston's a Boston's great place. Is a better place for having him. He's going to. There's a big hole there. Um, my only regret is I never get a chance to meet the man. And it's- He's, yeah. he's he's one of those people that great great ball player but an even better person. And you know what at the end of the day, that's a that that's about as good as you can get.
0: You you couldn't have said it better. He he did things just the right way, you know, just um he he was very special. But uh I, I just I I think back to what Cora did, making them all wear their jerseys, you know, not making yeah. them, you having the team wear their jerseys in the dugout. It really epitomized who he was and the pride he took in being the Red Sox. Uh, I look back to like the reactions from David Ortiz, from from Pedro Martinez. Just like you can, you can feel from you, Uke, Uke's emotion, you know, on the broadcast having to go through that.
1: Yeah, they, they held it together. I mean, yeah. I
0: mean, yeah, and it's it just it resonates with you just to show you know who he was and what he did. But you know, you're totally right. He he. He always did it the right way, but he was very simple and he was very just. You know, obviously, he liked his privacy. You know, he had his family and all the things that he loved and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, he was. It's something that I don't know if the city will ever get past. You know, the way the thing, everything went down with with chilling and just the, those last few days. I I think I try and latch on to how how he did appreciate it. It came out, you know, through folks other folks that were, you know, obviously a lot closer to him at Nesson and, uh, that, that he appreciated it. And I think it it was, uh, it it just, it meant a lot to him to, to have people thinking about him, praying for him in those last few days. But yeah, it's, um, it's something that this city until next, and it hasn't even, it hasn't even hit in. I, I feel like obviously I've done some grieving on my own. You watch the videos you know i sit here for an hour or so the other morning just blowing off you know things i need to do just kind of scrolling through you know social media and just all the things between the team and essence posting you just kind of sit there and reminisce for a little bit mm-hmm. but i don't think it'll really hit all of us until we get back to fenway next year and you know obviously there's talks of the the name change of this of Jersey Street and there's talks of how we're gonna honor him and all that and whatever. Um but it's it's just yeah, I don't think we'll all really get there until next year when we're able to kind of come together personally because again, just the season ending. Um and it was almost like his I said this to a few friends just sitting and watching the game as we're just at my house Sunday. football and then we're we're just planning to turn the socks on like another Sunday. And obviously the news broke and it almost just felt like on the last day of the regular season, all the teams going off at three, kind of his kiss goodbye, you know, in a way, like in a beautiful way to, to the game of baseball. And, you know, then you have Kirby going out there, you know, obviously figuring it out after he's throwing the knuckleball for him. It, It was, I think we were able to get some, I don't know, solace in the way, he pass. It's just, it's just terrible. You know, there's no, there's nothing that we can kind of get from that. But, um, yeah, I know, getting off on a little bit of a tangent, but I know that he was definitely just one of a kind human being that I don't think we'll we'll be able to really
2: overcome. Uh, for, for sure. Uh, yeah, there is numerous like the video that hurt uh, hit me and hurt me the most was when they were talking to the Veritech. Yeah, like that video there was like. Dude, like, that's when I was like, man, really? Like, so, but, you know, there's there's a lot of rumors going around of possible things. Uh, You know, you mentioned a lot of them, Ryan. Uh, You know, possibly even retiring of the jersey, you know. A lot of people are like, ah, does he deserve it? Uh, Yes. Give me a reason why he doesn't deserve it.
0: Yeah. You know? 100%. Nine, no, mean, I'm on the, I'm on the side of he deserves it for sure. Um I mean all we've talked about this past half hour, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's yeah, not the whole half hour, but he it's what he did on the field, off the field, his story, what he meant to the city, everything. Uh the the just everything. You know, it's it's needless to say, but uh, it'll be I'm very intrigued. You know, I think the Red Sox more most of the time, you know, do the right thing in, in this scenario and kind of just feels like we went through this um with Jerry. I think with that Jerry, was it, yeah. You know, within the, within a lot of the Mexican folks, like live and not live and just in the past few days. So just th- from Vance. Um, but yeah, it's uh it'll it'll definitely be it'll definitely be a lot different moving into next year, you know, he didn't do a ton of games, but every time he did work, it was obviously, it was a three man booth. You know, I think back to some of his games this year with you, some of my better memories and just, you know, I would even say some of their better nights of the year. Um, they had a few nights together where they were really just flowing, you know, talking, hitting, talking, pitching, matchups, what thinking on the mound versus batters, you know, them just bouncing back off each other and you know, OB kind of just, sitting there and it was nothing like too specific, but it was definitely one of those times where I, where I just kind of took the moment in and was like, man, that was, that was pretty damn cool. Like that was just pretty damn cool. You know, Tim Wakefield, Kev, Kevin Uclis, just
2: legends of the game, just chalking it up. So, um,
0: yeah, but it'd be I'm, interesting to see how they, how they move forward for sure.
2: Yeah. I, I'm definitely all for, uh, and I kind of hope that the one rumor uh will be excellent four nine. Uh, on April yeah. uh, 9th, you know, Tim Wakefield Day. Yeah. Yeah, technically, that should be four or nine every year, you know, Wake Day. <laughs> I agree. Right. The, so, uh, to sit there and go from, you know, trying to pick this back up a little bit. Uh, we have a a new, pretty much a cast of rotating guys in the booth. Uh, one guy that I love in the booth Cause you never know what he's gonna say. Got to <laughs> give me, you got to give me your best Bond story. That man is pure fire. He followed, he's in there. He followed the podcast back, and ever since that, I'm like, got to get you on. We, we had Keith Volk on. He is the gotta man. Got to get, we, we got to get you on, Pap. We got to get you on.
0: He is the man. I will say, I haven't spent a ton of time with Pap, mostly because he he works the pre and the post game shows when when i'm out in behind home plate or up above home plate it's hard for me to get out there there's a there's a there's a separate individual kind of man in that booth but i will say probably the funniest memory of pap just him showing up always trying to get into some sort of craps gambling with the guys during the game watching the game the way he watches the game you know again nothing really specific but i will just say the energy he would bring to the post-game show. Um, You know, I I liked a lot of things he said this year as far as, yeah, like you said, you never, ever know what he's going to say. But I liked a lot of things he said this year when the team was down. Um, And I think in the post-game show, they need that. They need, obviously, energy uh, in the pre-game show. But I like a lot of the new guys that that they've been bringing in. You know, I wish personally, I've got – I wish they would kind of get him over uh onto the uh, you know the actual broadcast maybe switch that up a bit but i think where he's at is great um i wish personally i got to spend a little bit more time with him but yeah him him bringing in i think like a full crap set or casino set you know it might have been a whole bit i'm not here to say whether it was legitimate or not but just the, what he does to entertain us and the little peek ins that we'll kind of go through throughout the game. Um, he's one of a kind, but, um, he's definitely been, he's definitely been cool as far as, uh, you know, some of the new guys that they've been bringing in, uh, the past few years, and especially this year.
2: Yeah. Uh, when I heard that, you know, he was going to be part of the, part of the team, I was all intrigued because I'm like the energy he brought to Fenway I know when he would come in shipping up the Boston hits yeah, <laughs> and all of a sudden he's out there, pure fire and electricity. Yep. I'm like, man, I can I can't wait because you know, his personality is above and beyond what you need, but that's great because you can put him with anybody and the energy in the room just goes, you know, up tremendously 100
0: 100 whether it was letty uh darnell um jim rice obviously they were mixing it up and i think they thought about that too um he is just he's just <laughs> incredible when i think about, he was someone when i was growing up i mean it's in terms of all the guys you know at neston he's someone when i was growing up like definitely one of my favorite personal guys and the way he came out and threw the opening pitch, I think it was in the wild card game against the Yankees in 21, just straight fastball down the middle. I mean, that's the attitude he brings to the pre and post game show in essence. Like, you know, it doesn't matter if it's a rain delay, what it is, the game, the situation, the score that is, that is the guy he is just, you know, doesn't is the, is the typical, like doesn't need any coffee, just wired differently. So I think more of, my time personally has been spent with guys like Will Middlebrooks. Um, Lou has been a lot I've been in the booth a lot this year. He's been so fantastic. I mean, all the guys are. Kevin Eucalis, I've gotten, you know, pretty close to um throughout the year. But uh I, I'd like to see I'd like to see Pat bounce out and, and kind of make, you know, maybe call help out on a full game uh next year or something like that. But uh, you know, all the
2: guys obviously they have on staff are
0: are pretty well, well up to speed.
2: Oh, man, could you imagine Pap, uh for a Yankee series? <laughs> it'd, be, <Whoa>. oh, <laughs> it'd
0: be electric.
2: Oh, man. I yeah. know. Oh, well, but then again, the, these Yankee series aren't what they used to be. You know, the, the, that dog just lays down now. The, the Yankees officially, I, I, after this season, they, they pretty much know, just lay down, take our beatings. You know, Garrett Cole. I, I'm surprised Garrett Cole – When he goes and throws the throw pitches to Devers, he just doesn't turn around and just throw it over the wall himself. I know because it just gets so ridiculous with Devers nowadays. I know. Well, the
0: last season series of the year, this you know, a few weeks ago was people talk. You talk about how far Yankees socks have fallen. You know, it was a joke when we were walking around the stadium pregame, like because you know, not a lot of people were there, the weather was terrible. Uh, I have if i remember the days but you know it was, it was recently within the past schedule uh okay.
1: two double headed separated by a day yeah
0: the september series 11th 12th yeah. and 13th and you know here we are battling for fourth and fifth and people are like this is not yankees red Sox in terms of what we're used to so you know i think that's going to change obviously there's a lot of changes coming for for the red Sox. i hope as a fan you know we obviously move in the right direction, but time will tell. But yeah, with the I mean that series specifically, um the only thing that was the same was I think it was a three and a half hour game, but the game was mm-hmm. terrible. Uh, you know, I couldn't tell you if we won or lost. Everyone was just in a bad mood because you know, obviously just the season and no one was there. So I think it's uh it's definitely who where are we going to go as far as next year with this rivalry? The schedule change has a little bit to do with it, um, but yeah, I'm interested to see, especially what they do. You know, on there, and there's there's a lot of question marks over there. So,
2: mm. uh, let's sit there. I, I'm I'm kind of curious. Uh, one guy that's in the free agent market we're linked to a lot now, Shohei <laughs> Otani, and, and, and it seems like we're getting talks more and more. Uh, what was it? The uh, they sold part of their soccer team, you know, for two hundred million or whatever. Yeah. All some people are like, oh, they're going all in on Otani. Uh, Otani and the Angels were at Fenway Park this year, and I've seen videos upon videos of the amount of fans trying to get a glimpse of him. Oh, dude. What was that like when Otani was there and? How would he uh, fit in here in the city of Boston?
0: It was insane. He would fit in here to like a glove. I think back to one of the coolest things. I think it was so painful at the time. It was 2021. They were coming. They they had a weekend series here. Uh, I think we had won the first two games. This was just sweet. This was the third game Matt Barnes was in. It was bottom of the ninth. We were winning the whole game like, should have won the game no problem and shohei flicked like flicked a ball around the pesky pole all down the right field line and it was just wild like i you know obviously i was crushed because one of the red sox to win there was a lot of momentum tied in that series i think even after that we had gone on to lose a few um you know kind of throughout the summer there but He's special. I mean, every time he comes to Fenway, it's special. The This past year, obviously, you, the pictures you're referencing, yeah, the people that were surrounding the team bus as they were leaving the stadium is serious. It, it's as serious and real as it seems online. Um, you know, I think there's, there's definitely, as far as him fitting here, I mean, you know, positionally, you could go a lot of different ways with like, you know, does he fit? I don't know. I'm not a GM nor a, a mm-hmm. baseball Vermont like that, but like culturally, yes. You know, there's a few guys. Masa is already obviously here. You know, there's another guy in Japan that we're trying to target. That is a good friend of his as well. You know, I don't think we'll obtain all three of those guys, but it's um you know, I think when he comes here, I personally, this is just my opinion. I think he enjoys it. Uh, you know, I follow him on, try and follow him on social media. He he seems to take a liking to Boston or at least point out the fact that he's here when he is here. You know, we'll say that what they'll do. We'll see. But, uh, I mean, man, he would mash. I mean, he would mash here. He's Shohei Otani. He mashes everywhere, but especially here, I think he'd look great in the uniform. And, uh, yeah, I think he would, he would be, he would be really good. And I've seen him personally be really good. Uh, when it comes to home runs. I think this past year he hit a home run, but the 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 reason I remember 2021, because it was such a backbreaker. Angels ended up it was a tie game. They ended up winning the game. Um and he just it was just a classic like I cannot believe he just hit that out uh type of home run. So yeah, I'd love him here. He's he's definitely just entertainment. I mean I think when he pitched against Bayo, it was a marathon Monday this year, dropped everything I was doing. Put a hold on my entire life to go down there now it ended up being a little bit lackluster you know there was rain like there was a lot this year uh and they both you know shohei was pulled after two because the mound was all dirty Bayo only went a few innings it was kind of gross baseball so didn't turn out to be great but the people all turn out to see him whenever he comes here i mean i think it was you know it was marketed insanely you know uh, leading up into that obviously being on marathon monday and, and all that stuff so he needs I, I mean i'm definitely as far as a baseball fan in the camp of like let's get him out of los angeles you know will he come to the east i don't know i think for sure we are we are up there i think you're seeing that with the hayman thing that comes out today um you know ooh, red Sox are gonna be they're gonna be there let's see it you know let's see it i'd love to you know some of the Talent. Some of the guys in the booth feel otherwise. Some of the you know old, former players, and they have their reasons. They're a lot smarter than me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, I'm a fan. Obviously, I want to see him. I think it makes a big difference him not pitching next year. But with where we're at, I'm not holding anything out of consideration. And I do think like this is a place where he likes. You know, people point to the New Balance thing. I wouldn't put a lot of coin into that. Uh, I think that like the the New Balance ceo obviously he has a big partnership with new balance and he's all you know kind of buddy buddy with them um so the people were pointing to that as as maybe a, a point of why he would come here blah 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 but i think really as far as the culture um the people how how we just the baseball fans in general i mean the waves of people that show up just to see him in an angels jersey yeah he'd, he'd fit right in here he'd fit like gov he'd mash definitely want him and uh you know, but want a lot of guys, honestly, this offseason. So we'll see. Right.
2: Yeah. Uh, one of my fondest memories of and, and it still baffles me today uh, when I went to Fenway, I have two memories in uh, my mind. I always talk to D.C. about them. Number one, and they both were on my birthday, May 14th. One was David Ortiz. We we're in the bottom of the 11th. Uh, he hits his walk off uh, double, and he becomes like the I think he's the fourth or fifth player to have uh, how many uh, 400, 400 home runs five hundred doubles, something like that. Yep, crazy. And then the other one that baffles me was Rockies uh, Red Sox. Chris Sale's on the mound. I'm sitting right behind. You already know what I'm talking about. Though. I I'm know, sitting, I'm right sitting well. all behind uh, the bullpen. Watching Chris, uh, you know, warm up, he's got a whole, you know, different demeanor to him. Seven. 17. Yep. Lose.
0: 17 of those.
2: Because Workman gives up a home run when he comes in. And then go to find out, Brandon Workman gave up the only home run all year was that one. Yep. I, w- I was like, how?
0: Yep. I mean that's that's kind of how he was for that year for a while. It felt like he was throwing seventeen strikes every game, and we were putting up zero runs for 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 that for that entire year. Yeah, that's it's definitely one that I'll remember as well.
1: Uh, George, yeah, I on the Otani thing as a fan, I'd like to see it. Um, I'm not a GM either, and I don't play one on television. There's, there's, we played him there's, a couple
2: of times, Jordan. We have
1: that's true. Yes, we have. Uh, I
2: don't.
1: I don't think it makes a lot of sense that unless they stop moving other parts around, yeah, because he's going to be a one-way player this year, and then the, I, I still question how long he can go on doing both. Yep. Uh, and if he has to give up pitching, thing, to get the most out of him, they're going to have to either put him in first base or something you know because you just can't you got to keep his bat in the lineup because you got to keep his bat in the lineup yeah it would be it's one of those things you can dream about you know perception and reality are two different things so we'll figure you know something will something will happen and everybody will be surprised i'm sure
0: a hundred percent
1: um yeah i mean you know i did have i had a question you know when you're behind the scenes and you're making sure that everything you know runs smoothly you ever have one of those situations where all of a sudden you're supposed to have something at your disposal. It's not. Yeah. And you're like, uh, gee boys, now what do I do?
0: Yeah. 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 A few different times. You're telling me you've never seen us do a Chevy ad and it wasn't Chevy before. <laughs> <laughs> no, cause yeah, you're
1: not the guy throwing the tape. You're not doing the You're the guy throwing the, the copy out there. Right.
0: That, that is correct. Well, so there are, to to answer your question there there was there has been a few times for sure um where you know essentially the producer and the director they're in the truck and the producer and the elements producer are working with me directly through headset so hey you know we've got a they have to mix these advertisements into the game and a lot of the advertisements are dialed into a play to a player to a stolen base to a home run so you kind of got to stay on your toes with some of that stuff. We'd like to do a lot of it off of a foul ball, can be can be on your toes. But there's definitely been a few times where we were going to do, like for, for literal example, the Chevy high-strength steel play. And I think I handed Obi a Toyota read. So he starts reading Toyota and Chevy's on the screen. So yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, the job is specific, you know. It's straightforward. It's not rocket science. But if you do mess up, thousands of people will see. Everybody. Now, obviously, it, it you know, it's not the end of the world. We're not perfect. Um, I'd like to say this year I pitched a perfect game. I think every every outing, so there was no mistakes on my watch um, mm-hmm. or anything like that. <laughs> Sorry, as I uh... just make sure we're plugged in here, but um. It's it's definitely something that happened a few times, and then OB will look at me like, uh, "Hey, bud, you handed me the wrong piece of paper." Um, there's times where he'll a lot of the times like guys will just bury ads like in their in their notes, all the stuff. So got to keep an eye on that. There's times where OB like we'll go to the promo, and you know I'll tell I'll give him the promo. I'll tell the our producer he's ready to go. So they may, and but then we'll sit on it. Sometimes we'll sit on it for like five minutes or even longer than that. They'll get into conversation. Maybe there's a super long inning. Um, and then all of a sudden they'll be like, all right, Dave promo. And he hears that in his headset and he looks down and there's nothing there. So that's happened a few times, you know, to where you kind of got to act fast. Nothing to where it's been like, holy cow, that was a problem. Um, other than I would say just the one that sticks in my brain is like the Chevy high strength steel play. So whenever we do that now, I'm always like this freaking thing, like this, this thing is the bane of my existence. <laughs> um, really? Other than that, I don't think there's been any other um, you know, so now we use an iPad for a lot of what Dave reads because he, he'll read so much, you know, you won't realize it, but especially in the opening of the game, from the lineup like here's the lineup here are the umpires the game's brought to you by sap now there's spanish here's the weather like all that stuff is on paper and then after that there's a whole ipad of stuff so sometimes the ipad will go corrupt and then all of a sudden he's he's looking at me we're going to do a promo and the ipad's turned off so the other day i had to you know turn it on real quick get it all dialed for him. You know, God knows the password, but that's neither here nor there. (laughs) But, uh, it's super funny. And, um, you know, we were able to, to get it done. It's always a quick save. They're always like, you're the man, you know, on a hop, as we Mm. always like to say, obviously in the industry, but, um, you know, nothing, nothing too crazy, thankfully, but you know, those few times where it did happen, it was always in the, um, so I was in the Watertown studios during COVID when no one was at Fenway. We were doing games in a closet, it felt like, you know, mm-hmm. it was B O B and heck, literally in a closet. Uh it was a nice closet. Uh, you know, obviously they made it into it, made they made it into a studio, but it was at mm-hmm. first when they moved us in there, it was like a literal, like someone's old office. Made it fabulous. You know, it became state of the art. We had it all proofed, and there was lights and all this stuff, but uh You know, it felt weird, obviously, coming from, you know, working at Fenway. You're like, all right, we're just here. Even for them, it's hard to call the game. They're miles away in Toronto, whatever. We're sitting there watching it on monitors, trying to call it. So it's a little, it was a little hard. And those were the times where I felt like we always got caught slipping a little bit. And then I'm, you know, beating myself up because, you know, I want it to be a well run broadcast. I I want us to, you know, hit the right stuff. And uh, it's uh, good to do so um one of the funnier things in spring training they used to have us a big thing a part of the job at spring training is calling out all the players who change throughout the game and as you can imagine in spring training they'll bring Mm -hmm. a whole freaking lineup in there in the fourth inning you know so there was times starting out in the position when i'm working up here during the regular season obviously you don't have to deal with that but there was times in spring training where it was like dave so-and-so is coming in. This person's coming in. Now the, the positions evolve to where we do that on, like the producer, like our truck helps a lot with that now to where they'll just put it on the screen for him. You know, he'll essentially just go through it. Whereas years back, it was kind of just like hand done. And I would just be scribbling notes. So-and-so's coming in. Uh, Ryan Weber's coming in. And one time, I swear to you, and I, I laugh about it every day with him. One time I wrote on a piece of paper, you'll probably remember this guy. You guys are big prospect guys. I wrote Eduardo Bazardo on a piece oh, yes. of paper. The guy's name is Edward Bazardo. So he called him Eduardo <laughs> Bazardo. Thankfully, this was a spring training game, and everybody thought it was hilarious just because Eduardo <laughs> Bazardo is a fantastic name. Probably should have been his name. But, uh, like, I'll just never forget it because afterwards I was like, um, OB, I think I handed you a piece of paper that said Eduardo Bizzardo. Definitely not his name. So it was it's something that I always laugh about and think back about. But that's one that sticks in my brain just as, like, mess-ups or funny things that have happened. Um, so now I don't think he's with the organization anymore. Correct me if I'm wrong. But yeah. I think it was, like, last year. And his name would come up and I'd be like, OB. Eduardo (laughs) (laughs) Bizardo. We just have a good laugh about it. But um that was always hectic. You know, you get the old binoculars going. The spring in spring training guys are wearing different numbers. They're, you know, the uh the the um not the PR guys, but the, the different internal guys for the other teams, you know, have to get the media guys have to get the names out to us prior to the game. There's all different sorts of stuff you're kind of working with. That's why the, those games are such a, you know, I want to say crapshoot, shoot, but they're a little crapshoot. shoot. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, those were always insane. Um, trying to just balance that, but it's a lot, it's a lot smoother now. It's a lot you know, easier for lack of thereof, but, um, And a lot more help you know it's especially in the regular season you just don't have that many changes
1: excellent so um now that the season's over uh and you know what what are you doing in in place of doing baseball games
0: yeah great question i am actually working with jack and brick so over on, the, on the Bruins bo- uh, broadcast, so I, you know, I'm not sure how big of uh, Bruins fans you guys are. But recently, this is just starting this year, uh, switching over to doing that transition throughout the wintertime. You know, a lot of the times I'd work, you know, hockey, East games, um, other things throughout Nesson, college things. Um, but now making the, you know, kind of uh, somewhat full time or really part time transition to working with Jack and Brick over mm-hmm. on the uh, broadcast, which has been fantastic. Just had a few preseason games this past week at the Garden. Uh, mm. where a lot of fun, a lot of energy there. You know, it's a lot different. I worked six years in baseball with the Red Sox. The Red Sox are my team. They're, you know, I love all Boston sports, but the Red Sox are my team. And um just yeah, being in a booth that's not OB and you know you and Eck or Remy Wake all of them will uh being in a in a booth with not that are with with that not baseball guys is definitely a little a little different um but as far as you know how Jack and Brick have been personally they've been awesome. Um they've been it's a little bit more I would say formal up there. You know, it's kind of business. Baseball guys are ah, you know, just do this, do that, hand me this, whenever, you know, super. Everybody's low maintenance, but, uh, you know, hockey, being on the hockey broadcast, it can be, you know, you want to come a little bit more uh, uh, ready to go and things like that. So, but yeah, that's been, uh, it'll be exciting this year. So I'll be working kind of about 50% of the home games, same kind of thing that I I have going over at Fenway at the Red Sox, but with the Bruins. So doing the same exact thing, making sure the guys are dialed, uh, you know facilitating all the different ads that we read over you know on Nesson throughout the uh, throughout the game and then uh, obviously a lot of it as, as you guys probably know are, are the same types of ads and things like that. but that is what I'll be doing as far as season's ending. Uh, you know Tom on my hands now again uh, without the Red Sox move it over to the Bruins so I'll be helping out with them on the uh, on the broadcast
2: there. Well, well, Ryan, I, I want to sit there and talk about uh, how you and I got connected. You know, there was a certain person in the booth that George and I are huge fans of. Oh, yeah, that's you true. Know, Roman Anthony was in the booth. Dude. And I seen it. Of course, you know, I got to throw out there the, the Roman Empire shirt. And, oh
0: yeah, Those are sweet.
2: And next thing you know, you know, you comment, I comment. You know, we're in DMs, we're exchanging numbers, and here you are. Yeah. But uh, when you commented, you sit there and we're like, yo, this dude's legitimate. Talk a little bit about uh, Roman Anthony, how this 19-year-old kid is mature at such a young age and handles himself so well in a high-profile Red Sox organization
0: dude, it's crazy. It blew me away. It made me feel, it made me feel insane. The kid's such a stud. I think he's what, 19? 19 Nineteen um, came in the booth, you know, ready to go. Just, just, you could just feel the way he was approaching it, taking it seriously. Um, he's super, he was super thoughtful, um, very well-spoken for such a young kid. I think, I think everybody knows like the talent he has on the field, but yeah, his maturity level is off the freaking charts um, the first thing that Yuke said when they popped off the headphones, you know, we get done with the interview, pop off the headphones. Hey, man, you know, great meeting you. Good luck. All that stuff. That's generally what they'll usually get. As Soon as he walks out, you can Obi were both like that dude is that dude is different. Like you could just tell even the people in the truck could tell that weren't even in the booth. Like it was a great interview. Obviously, there's tons of success, success, like coming his way. I think mm-hmm. he's a kid. I think it's insane that he's a kid, um, but he's got so much talent. I'm excited to see what's what's next for him. I think when he was walking out of the booth, I told him, you know, see, we'll see you when you get up here because, you know, that time will come. Um, I definitely have a soft spot for him because before I grew up in Fort Myers, Florida, which is kind of the west coast of Florida, I spent a little bit of time on the east coast. And Parkland, in an area called Coral Springs, which is actually where Roman uh, isn't from, but he went to uh, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School, which was in that area. Anthony Rizzo went there. He kind of talked about that a little bit on the broadcast, big baseball school down in Florida. But so kind of um, familiar with his neck of the woods, if you will. So I just going into it, I was already like, oh, dude, I, I love this kid. I love what he had obviously on the field, uh just not even talking about him as a person and where he's from. but. Um, just what he brings to the table, as far as his maturity level, I think where this organization is built well for him, he's excited to play up in Fenway, um, sky's the limit for him. So, yeah, I mean, the, the raves couldn't be, there couldn't be more raves about him as far as just the way he handled it, the, how cool he was, you know, even, you know, chopped it up with him a little bit through social media as well with that. After that, the kids dialed into, it seems, you know, the organization, um and excited to be up here so and it's it's great i think even listening back to the last podcast with ct um and you guys had uh you know just a few other minor leaguers on here it's it's great to be around them and a guy like him i mean it's not me that are the bush one of the better prospects in the organization it's like all right i see what they see in him i'm happy about it this kid is for real he's legit um, and yeah, all the pros thought, thought so as well. So it was like, all right, done deal. Like this is easy. So that that's kind of my two cents on them.
2: Yeah, and uh, you know we've got a plethora of talent down there. Kyle Teal, yeah. is, is another huge, uh, huge guy that's just moving so quickly uh, up there. Um, quick thing when when our show intro was going on, I I, I glanced down because because I, I, I could see the. You know, you in uh in the green room in the back, and you were just like, you know, you were enjoying it. I was. I I was. I told DC. I told George before. My goal is at the end of that because I'm a huge fan of. Uh, uh, I was a huge fan of Section Ten. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of you know ITM podcast and and uh, with Steve and them. Yeah. My goal is to get TC to be like to end of like. And here are your hosts, The Rit, you know, and that's my goal because you can't, you can't get much better, you know, when you're talking about home runs, yeah. you know, off the pesky pole, over the pesky pole, you know, we're the pesky podcast, can't get no better than TC, do, you know, saying that. Dude, so
0: no. that is... We'll have to, I'll try and put that in the works for you. TC is all class. The exact guy you see on the television screen every single night. Um, he actually gave me shit. Sorry, I don't, I don't know if I'm oh, okay. swear on this podcast. But um uh he gave me he gave me some stuff for asking Wake for a photo. Um so at the time he was like, Oh, you only ask ball players for photos. No, no, no. no. Like in TC, so he was like, Oh, I don't I don't get asked for a photo or anything like that. Um, but yeah, you know why I was bobbing and shaking my head is because I'm such a big OB guy, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, and I know a lot of people like have their different opinions on OB and like they rightfully can, you know, and have those opinions. They're entitled to those. I personally love OB. I think he's such a great guy. Uh, he's been nothing but class to me. Um, but yeah, I just love hearing his voice and hearing him call home runs. So that's why I was just really kind of getting into it. TC, though, TC is, a, uh, TC is a
2: great guy. Hey, uh, I would take either or, you know, <laughs> to, to, to be a part, the, you know, to be a, the intro. You know, ITM has Brock Holt, you know, which he's another legend, uh, you know, super utility man for the Red Sox for how many years? But his off the field stuff is, you know, superb, too. That's why I love the Red Sox organization, because we get to see them be great ball players, but nine times out of 10, they're even a better human being and person off the field. You know, you're wearing a great shirt right there, the Turner trot. Uh, I'm so hoping, you know, that Turner stays another year with us. Uh, George and I go way back before he was on the podcast before he was a writer <clears throat> where uh when JT took that took the, the, the line the liner to the space and there he was three weeks back taking live batting practice and DC when I were talking so something different. It, yeah. was, it was almost like he threw some, you know, got up, threw some dirt on it, and you know, went right back to work, and, and George, you know, He's like, listen to the latest podcast. Loved it. That's got to be a shirt. So you know, of course, we got we made the throw some dirt on it. Turner tough, you know, yeah. t-shirts. Uh, but he's he's a great guy. He he conveyed really quickly and became a part of the city really quick. You know him, his wife, and everything. Uh, any interactions with uh, with Turner at all, and. You know, when, when he got pulled at the last home game, uh, you know, the place will stand in ovation like for that guy. So uh.
0: Yeah. He no interaction. I mean, a little bit of interactions with him. I, I was thankful enough to run the turner trot. I thought that was a lot of fun. Um crossed the finish line, like right as they're making this whole video. So it's kind of the whole awkward. Awkward moment, but he's such a great guy. I never had any really personal interactions with him. No, but I mean, it's everyone is enamored with Justin Turner. Um, He walks the walk, you know, he's kind of exactly who he says he is and everybody says he is. And the leader that the Dodgers says, he says, you know, that he was in that organization now leader in our organization. Um, So no real interactions with him. You know, I think the, the uh the, when they took him out of the game and the standing oh you know yeah uh, you know, i got on my feet i think it, he kind of like didn't know what to do obviously because he's not used to being taken out like that they're gearing up for a postseason run you know typically in his book so definitely a little weird you know not a lot of folks there as far as just in terms of comparing it to a sellout crowd uh, but everybody that was there was on their feet you know applauding jt I hope he's back. I think a lot of people hope he's back, you know, in terms of like the DH position, there's a lot of question marks. If you do bring him back, you know, there's a, there's more question marks as far as the Oshida or other guys, you know, that you're trying to bring in from free agency. Um, obviously there's certain stances on like Rafi, you know, Cora came out and said, he's going to be the third baseman, obviously. So, and, and I'm behind that, but yeah, as far as, I'd love to see him back here he's just the, he's just the best guy i love supporting his event you know the the things that he spoke um and the way he carried himself throughout the event like you could just see the type of person he is uh, another philanthropist you know i don't know what it, what it is with boston and philanthropy but it's definitely kind of it comes hand in hand um but yeah he's a perfect fit for it it's just funny how he was in la and coming over here i think everybody knew like he'd be a perfect fit you know obviously people were i wouldn't say like thrilled just because the whole xander situation but um yeah i think people unbiasedly like knew he'd just be a great fit so i wish i had some personal interaction with him i hope hope next year he gets re-signed so so maybe i can um you know most of it is just trying to get down there during bp um hang out in the dugout but again you know i i try and not you know uh, really let the guys do their thing down there, especially if it's during BP, just be really be a fly on the wall. And that's what I love getting to see a few, um, cool things were like getting to see Masa and, and Rafi talk a little bit of hitting around the cage. You know, who knows what they're saying? <laughs> Probably something about, you know, something in English, some broken English about uh, hitting. Um, but yeah, there, there was some cool stuff there, but yeah, I'm interested to see what they do with JT. He's a great guy. Couldn't, couldn't be a bit more of a fan. Um, always kind of was a fan, especially in the Dodgers. You know, not, a, it was weird because kind of hate the Dodgers, but him being there, you're always like, man, he is such a stud, Uh big, big moment kind of guy wish mm-hmm. that moment was a little bit bigger for him as far as the ovation and all that stuff, just like more people involved. The weather was better. I think it was raining. You know, the game was, we are out of it. So yeah, but um, interesting to see if he, uh, w- w- what will happen there with him.
2: Uh, last question I, I, I'm going to ask, and it's going to be about a former Dodger. Oh. We're going go to th- talk Alex Verdugo. I was going to say which one. Oh <laughs> uh, no, no, we're we're, we're, we're going to be positive, and we're going to okay. talk uh, talk Verdugo. Okay. Uh what? And and, and the post game moment, you know which one I'm talking about. Oh when yeah. He, when he hits that walk off.
0: Yeah.
2: And of course he has no, you know. No filter because he's in the moment. And he's he's like, please be fucking fair. What was your team's yeah. reaction to be like, Whoa, we're on live television here, buddy. Um, we can't we can't take that back.
0: Everyone was floored. No one was like, you know, I mean it is doogie, right? Like it's the one yeah. person you would expect. Such an iconic moment honestly love him for that because he's so he's genuine hate him or love him he is who he is he kind of marches to his own beat which i respect obviously there's things about him that can be better but he was so hilarious that night and everyone was kind of just like oh golly like what do we do now now long story short we come in the next day and i'm like so who who's in trouble there like who's who's head's on a stake there and they're like nothing happened like um, i guess nowadays as far as like the um a lot of those regulations and like language rules and things like that uh, obviously they're still in place but there was no like repercussion on nesson or any like lines that i know of i mean i'm you
1: know and there's not, so many open mics on games it's particularly like, like football and basketball you, yeah. you hear an awful lot oh. i think poppy broke ground after yeah, yeah. after the uh, the marathon bomb yes scenario, okay he broke that ground so you know doogie was fairly safe you know with that one
0: 100 boston's a place where you can let an f-bomb go for oh, sure yeah. people are gonna be even more jacked up like they were i mean yeah. that's why i think no one really got in trouble is because the moment was right they won the game it's doogie you know we're on nesson it's it's you know things happen but uh and everybody loved it. You know, everybody was going crazy online. It was like, dude, can you, I mean, yeah, the shirts, like, please be, please be fucking fair. It's, it's incredible. I, I wish it, I hope it lives in more infamy. Like, I hope it, it kind of like resonates a little bit longer. Cause you actually kind of brought that back up in my head. And I don't want to say I forgot about that moment, but definitely a big moment from the, you know, kind of a uh, highlight reel, if you will, from this year. But yeah, everyone was kind of just like, oh my goodness. You know, it was actually more crazy recently um because it's one thing if a player says the uh, says something that they're not supposed to but it's another thing if yeah if uh well it's another thing if someone from nesson does so the other day no no no, yeah the other day um our producer uh, thought that lou had said fuck but he was referring to buck from the gentleman from the uh, old timers game that they have. Um, So
1: Steve Buckley. Yeah. Steve
0: Buckley. so, So our producers like, you just said, you just said, fuck, you just said, fuck. And he's like, uh, when? Cause like, I don't think so. He's like, no, I said buck. So that was actually a time where they freaked out internally because, when it comes from them, it's like way, way different. Whereas, you know, I think the whole Verdugo thing, they were just like, well, we can't really do anything about that. We're on somewhat of a delay, but that was, that was live. Like, and especially those, those Jemai interviews, those are as live as it gets. So yeah, it was, uh, but the, the that happened just a few weeks ago. I come in and lose like, she thought I said, fuck, I'm on the air. I was saying Buck for Steve Buckley. So shout out to Steve Buckley. But yeah, that was, uh,
2: that, one, that got her more riled up than anything George any last questions
1: uh no it's been a, it's been a blast talking to you yeah uh, getting some getting some uh, you know backroom insight into you know the the juggling of knives that you have to do <laughs> on a nightly basis
0: it's it's a lot of fun it's honestly an honor uh, I, I, I appreciate you guys having me on the on the pod. It's an honor to do the position. You know, as a Red Sox fan, I never try and take a day off. Like, I'm always going in there with such great attitude and, and appreciation for just being able to do what I do. So, you know, just know that that person up there is a devoted Red Sox fan, just like you guys. Um, and, yeah, I, I was more or less like, man, I got to follow up CT. I thought that interview was great. So wanted to uh, definitely try and bring my A game, but I appreciate you guys having me on. We
1: well, got him in the T-shirt train as well
0: yes yeah i know yeah. I, I, oh i got it i heard i heard and we're gonna be in the uh the mix for those as well i have to be in touch with you guys about some of those
2: oh yeah uh ct and i uh george is the history buff so
1: <laughs> That's I, had the OG. The,
2: uh, I had the uh the idea in my mind of what the what we wanted to go around i call george nine what nine o'clock nine thirty at night something like oh, that I I'm like, George, this is my idea. Lay it out. He gave me four or five ideas. Got a hold of CT. He's like, I like this one and this one, either one. Yeah. And I'm like, what? We'll I'll release this one now. We'll release the next one, you know, shortly after. I said, tell me what colors you want. I'm gonna sit there and send them to you out in Arizona. Bada boom, bada bing. Uh, you know, he's like. The only thing that surprised me, because I, I was like what size you wear, you know, I'm thinking extra large. This dude's bigger than what I'm thinking, and I can't wow. wait. He, think, he said two X. No. Yeah. <laughs> I knew he was big. Barrel chest.
1: There you go. Yeah. So These so I'm like big. I'm
2: like man, you know, because him and I w- we got some things in the works, you know, when he gets called to triple A because uh, I'm in Pennsylvania, so but I get uh, press passes for when they play the rail riders and stuff. Yeah. So I I got some things that work when he come down here and I'm, I'm picturing him this size and then he goes two X. So now it's like, wait, is this dude like J.D. Martinez size? Like, so.
1: He's like but, Tristan passes yeah. It sounds like. Yeah.
2: Oh, whoa. See, see. The, uh, me Crosses. Oh, there, okay. there we go. I know. Gotta, after this, I'll browse the
0: site a little bit. Uh I even gotta get the wheels turn and get with you on some designs, but we'll talk about that.
1: There
2: you go. Hey. But uh Ryan, the pleasure was all ours. Uh yeah. we loved you know getting some insight. Uh tell everybody where they can sit there and reach out to you. Uh the floor is yours.
0: Yeah. I mean really just uh on Twitter you know not a huge socialist guy but I'm I love Red Sox Twitter I more just follow you know a lot of the names that you'll see out there but uh Ryan Anderson should just be the the one to follow on both Twitter the X whatever you want to call it Instagram uh stage manager uh you should be able to find me that way but uh anywhere else. That's, that's really about it. Find me at Fenway. If you ever, anybody come, you know, sees me down on the field, come say what's up or, you know, uh, walking around things like that. Obviously I'm kind of a more behind the scenes guy, but, uh, you know, happy to, uh, kind of start turning the wheels online and, you know, gaining some more relationships there. So yeah, look me up, Ryan Anderson, you'll find me. I know obviously we're already connected and, uh, we'll take care of the rest.
2: Uh, I can't wait till I get to go to Boston next year. It's gonna be, it's gonna be one heck of an experience. Now,
0: hell yeah, brother!
2: So, uh, guys, make sure you head on over to our uh, website. Check out our shirts. George has got the the pesky podcast logo shirt. Ooh! Uh, I I got the uh, me Casas as Sue Casas. We just dro- uh, dropped the, a few more shirts. Uh, we got the Turner Tough shirt. We've got the Halkamania shirt. You know, how uh, closed out the last game of the season, looked, you know, sharp. So, also, head on over to wherever you sit there and listen to your podcast. Apple, Spotify, iArt. Download us. Uh, go to YouTube. Check us out if you want to watch the live version. But for myself, for the OG George, and for our new good friend, Ryan Anderson, check us out next time on the pesky podcast.